Dear Miss CEO, and remember it's Miss CEO because I look forward to a world where the likelihood of a CEO being male is just as high as the likelihood of a CEO being female or non-binary. Welcome to my book talk. I will be talking about Black, Brown, Bruised, How Racialized STEM Education Stifles Innovation by Dr. Ebony Amatola McGee, published in 2020. As a little background on Dr. McGee, she has education in electrical and industrial engineering and a doctoral degree in mathematics. Of additional importance to you, she has industry experience in competitive intelligence. And before we get started, a couple of acronyms I want to go over. So first, STEM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math. So this is the hard sciences. And DEI is Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. In the book, Dr. McGee shares her research on how Black, Latinx, and Indigenous students experience their STEM education. Most concerning to Dr. McGee is the fact that as a result of systemic and structural racism in STEM education, Black, Latinx, and Indigenous students either develop unhealthy coping mechanisms or leave the field altogether. Dr. McGee notes that the inability of educational institutions and workplaces to retain Black, Latinx, and Indigenous students can be observed by the fact that only 12% of STEM professionals are in this identity group. To put this in perspective, at the time the book was published, 31% of the U.S. population was Black, Latinx, or Indigenous. As a DEI professional, whenever I share stats like this, I like to point out that this type of large disparity can only be the result of one or of two things. The first possible reason for this disparity is that Black, Latinx, and Indigenous people are just not as talented as their white or Asian counterparts. The second possible reason for this disparity is that there is some force keeping Black, Latinx, and Indigenous people from reaching the height of their talent. And of course, as a DEI professional and a Black woman myself who knows plenty of brilliant Black people, I absolutely do not believe the former, so the latter must be true. With regards to the unhealthy coping mechanisms, Dr. McGee's research reveals several STEM students who are dealing with self-blame, imposter syndrome, overworking, survivalism, racial battle fatigue, and even underemployment. She also observes that these unhealthy coping mechanisms can compound in STEM students who are in a double, triple, or even quadruple bind where they are both a racialized minority and also a woman, queer, or disabled. Overworking, survivalism, and racial battle fatigue are the result of Black, Latinx, and Indigenous STEM students believing and even being told by professors that resilience is the key to addressing racial traumas they encounter. As a result, these students are in a perpetual state of overworking themselves to prove they are competent enough or they are just barely surviving in STEM. This results in racial battle fatigue, which can lead to unhealthy behavioral responses such as anger, escapism, withdrawal, frustration, and avoidance. With self-blame and imposter syndrome, Black, Latinx, and Indigenous STEM students 
can convince themselves the problem is their fault. This idea brings to mind a talk I attended where Dr. Ibram X. Kendi said that racism is in its most sophisticated form because we have a generation of people who believe that we are actually post-racism. So when problems caused by racism occur, their initial assumption is that the problem is within the individual. Dr. McGee also writes about how more diverse teams are more innovative. As a result, we all pay the price of the lack of diversity in STEM. I have a personal example of this because I have a dear friend who passed away a few years from pancreatic cancer. Is it possible that one of the Black, Latinx, or Indigenous students who left STEM had the potential to find a cure for this deadly disease? Worse still, are there Indigenous ways that already exist that could have cured my friend? But because their ways are different from white European methods, they are ignored and looked down upon as less than. Dr. McGee also points out that Black, Latinx, and Indigenous professors are overburdened and underrewarded for working to address DEI gaps for students that look like them. So if this book is primarily focused on STEM education, what can you, Miss CEO, learn from it? Well, Dr. McGee suggests several actions that can apply very easily to corporate organizations that wish to improve the diversity of their STEM functions. The first thing you can do is challenge any academic institution that you partner with on their ability to recruit, retain, and most importantly, graduate STEM students. If the institution does not have a plan to address diversity, equity, and inclusion, then I humbly suggest you not work with that institution if you value having a diverse workforce. Secondly, Dr. McGee's research has revealed that Black, Latinx, and Indigenous students are more likely to remain in STEM fields if they are intrinsically motivated. They have to see STEM as a field they enjoy, not just a way to make money. Further still, Black, Latinx, and Indigenous people are more interested in STEM if they can connect their work to a greater social good. And they have greater learning outcomes when learning is done in a cooperative manner. Pursuing STEM because of its intrinsic value and or because it has a social benefit via collaborative learning is of course counter to the hyper-masculine posturing, individualistic, competitive, and extrinsic culture of the current white male-dominated STEM education and profession. Being thoughtful that Black, Latinx, and Indigenous people have a higher likelihood of remaining in STEM if they are intrinsically motivated and see the social contribution of their work to the larger group. As your talent attraction and talent development teams form internship, co-op, and rotational programs, consider ways to make the experience a project that directly connects to a community impact in a collaborative model. As a long-term consideration, you would also do well to evaluate your company culture to determine where on the 
individualistic, collaborative scale it is. Black, Latinx, and indigenous people tend to value the group over the individual. If your company culture is hyper-individualistic, then the root cause of your lack of diversity in STEM may never be resolved. Also, like most employees, Black, Latinx, and indigenous professionals need to connect their work to the greater company mission, vision, and purpose. They are more likely to stay in STEM fields if the work connects to a social good. So tying these two things together, you should ensure that your mission, vision, and purpose are connected to a social good, and you should ensure individual performance goals are then connected to the mission, vision, and purpose of the organization. Lastly, Dr. McGee reveals that most universities don't have enough Black, Latinx, and Indigenous professors to provide the supply of mentors needed for students in these racialized identity groups. Your company could partner with universities to provide mentorship from all racial identity groups. Now, Dr. McGee recommends that mentors be properly prepared to mentor Black, Latinx, and Indigenous students. She goes on to suggest several best practices that your learning and development team could use to skill up mentors who would be mentoring across cultures. Based on Dr. McGee's recommendations, the mentoring curriculum should first help mentors see color and move away from a colorblind ideology. Second, equip mentors to identify overwork and imposter syndrome in their mentees. Third, encourage mentors to be willing to call out inequities experienced by their mentees instead of resorting to resilience as a coping mechanism. Fourth, provide mentors less formal interactions with mentees to learn more about their personal backgrounds, hobbies, and goals. And fifth, empower mentors to work to change the system, not just assimilate the mentees. To conclude, this was a really great book. And Miss CEO, I hope you had a few lessons to apply to your organization. My only critique of the book is that the subtitle is a little misleading. One would assume with the subtitle, How Racialized STEM Education Stifles Innovation, that the, that the majority of the book would be samples and research of the impact on innovation that the lack of diversity in STEM causes. Instead, Dr. McGee gives a brief example on the impact of diversity on STEM by sharing one research finding that teams who are more gender diverse have a higher percentage of patient of patent awards. From there, she spends the balance of the book talking about why STEM lacks diversity, the impact on the individual, and how to move towards more diversity in STEM. All of these, of course, are important topics. Nonetheless, because of the subtitle of the book, I am left wanting for a book field with examples and research of the impact of diversity or lack thereof on, in, on innovation. Miss CEO, I hope this summary of Black, Brown, 
bruised has been helpful.